I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of, of course, the 90-min football family as ever. I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on this edition of the show, we're going to be discussing the news that Arsenal have now reached a full agreement with Ajax to sign the Dutch defender, Urien Timber. Negotiations completed, done, dusted, uh, price set, all agreed, and the player has been granted permission to now undergo a medical and finalise his personal terms with the Gunners. But we brought to you um, a, a few weeks ago the story uh, that claimed that, of course, Arsenal had already done that. So that shouldn't be a problem. That shouldn't be an issue. And it literally is now just a case of getting this one over the line. Obviously, the timing of this news breaking was a bit of a pain in the ass from my perspective. Um, not that it's the kind of news that you don't want to break. Obviously, it's good news, uh, but it's happened to drop like what? I don't know. I left the house. So I recorded the podcast earlier today where we talked about Declan Rice. I left the house, I think, 12, 12.30 and at 1.05, we got another David Ornstein bomb. Um, so he broke the mold this time because he tends to go late at night um, of late when it comes to releasing these stories. But he went nice and early, uh, dropped that bomb at 1.05 p.m. UK time, catching me out. Um, I was at a shoot today uh, with 90 men. I sat down with uh, Chelsea women's boss, Emma Hayes. Fascinating conversation, actually. She's a really, really... Uh, smart lady, really, really smart talker. I mean, she's all right for Chelsea, you know, um, as far as that lot go. But no, jokes aside, she was brilliant. But that's where I've been. And that's why I haven't been able to uh, jump on earlier to bring you guys some reaction to this news. But we're here now. We're going to be breaking it down. We're going to be talking about how much this deal is going to cost the Arsenal. We're going to be discussing as well which position Yuri and Timber has been brought into play. Talked a lot about his versatility, all the rest of it. But it's understood that Mikel Arteta does have a specific position in mind for the Dutchman. And we're going to get into that um, and we're going to have a look at some of his statistics uh, from last season as well. Um, so, yeah, looking forward uh, to doing it with you guys. Uh, let's say a few hellos uh, to those of you joining us in the live chat. We have got uh, Canterbury Guna. We've got Damien Kelly. We've got the Italian Stallion. Callum is with us. Uh, BZ, the creator, says... Harry, you're late again. Oh, man, I wish I wish I got a pound for every time somebody in the chat told me that I was late. I'd be able to retire by now. Um, we've got uh, Smart Cookie, um, AHWR. We've got Terry, Mark McGinn, who's just finally uh, getting to catch a live. Uh, what a day. Uh, good to see you in the live chat, mate. Big hello to Dallas Schwartz as well, uh, who joins us uh, from across the pond. We've got uh, Seb, uh, who says Mikel's free spending reds. Love that. Nas is with us as well. Uh, we've got Mickey Morris. Uh, we've got Tom. Uh, we've got um, Tony Fulbrook, who says, uh, Harry, I'm a happy gooner. I just keep away from the negative gunner sites, but love yours and Tom Canton. Thank you uh, so, so much. Really, really appreciate it. Man, so many hellos coming through. Uh, big hello to Jonathan, who says, always looking forward to the video. Uh, much love from South Africa and to you, my friend, and everybody else. Uh, over there, we've got Cyril, who joins us from South Africa, too. Scott says, great to catch you live as well. So many of you in the live chat, which is always pretty amazing. Um, it's amazing to see. Right, let's talk Yuri and Timber then. Let's talk the specifics, the ins and outs 
uh, of this deal. According to David Ornstein, I'll share uh, the tweet with which he initially broke the news uh, on the screen. For those of you that are watching us, if you're listening, don't worry, I'll read you through it and I'll bring you guys up to speed with all the details for those that haven't had a chance to look at it in detail. Uh, according to David Ornstein, Arsenal have agreed uh, a deal with Ajax that stands at 40 million euros plus 5 million euros in largely realistic bonuses. So there's a good chance, reading between the lines, that Arsenal end up paying the total 45 million euros for Yuri and Timber, although there are no specifics uh, that we know of anyway that are in the sort of in circulation uh, with regards to um, sort of what those add-ons are, when they will be paid, how they will be paid, etc., etc. But in the worst possible case, and I say worst case from a financial standpoint, because I'd assume that those bonuses uh, kick in if Arsenal are successful and therefore uh, we wouldn't mind paying them if it means we've been successful uh, in the build up to it. But in the worst possible case for Arsenal, they're going to pay £38.4 million uh, to sign Yuri and Timber. So they're well below that um, that sort of uh 40 million pound mark which is impressive you know we heard that uh, Ajax in the beginning were looking for something like 60 million euros and you know we knew that Arsenal weren't going to pay that I always said to you guys that I thought the deal would be done somewhere in between 60 million euros that Ajax were asking for is around about 51.2 million on um on today's rate but Arsenal have managed to get that down to even below uh, the £40 million pound mark. So that's pretty good business, pretty good going. And you feel as though this is off the back of Mikel Arteta and Edu and the recruitment team having spoken to Urien Timber, having convinced him of the project and then him wanting this move. Because when a player really wants a move, you'll often find that a club will be more receptive to um, to sort of slightly lower offers because they know that the player wants it and they know that there is a guaranteed sale there, for example. So Ajax always been, um, at least in my lifetime, a selling club. They've always been able to produce unbelievable talent. The Ajax Academy, the the, the Dutch way of playing football and of nurturing young footballing talent has always been well, well revered. Um, but in recent years, the Dutch Eredivisie financially hasn't been able to compete. And as a result of it not being able to compete, you know, clubs like Ajax, when they do breed excellent talent, have had to sell those players on. And often you can come in with money that in Premier League terms doesn't feel crazy. And you can convince clubs like Ajax, with all due respect, to sell even some of their better players. And Urien Timber is certainly one of their better players. Said to you guys earlier on in the window that I felt going into this summer, he was probably going to be Manchester United bound. The Ten Hag connection, uh, the fact that those two have worked really well together in the past, um, the fact that Manchester United expressed an interest in the player quite openly and publicly last summer as well made me feel that that was only heading one way. Uh, but Arsenal have been able to get in there, convince the player that this is the right place for him. We've managed to do the deal with Ajax and he is on his way to Arsenal. And I think, you know, this is another telltale sign of the, the transition and the shift that has happened at Arsenal over the last 12, 18 months. And it's not just about finishing second. It's not just about having led the Premier League for as many months as we did, because ultimately we fell short. I think what people are really, really buying into is 
the opportunity to be part of a culture at Arsenal that feels really, really positive. Make no mistake about it. That Amazon documentary made the world of difference in terms of, I think, giving non-Arsenal fans an opportunity to look at Mikel Arteta and an understanding of what Mikel Arteta is. Does he do wacky things from time to time? You know, like the light bulbs and all the rest of it? Yeah, of course he does. But I think when you look at that, when you see how passionate he is, when you understand some of his inner workings, and then you watch how the team improved over the course of uh, another season and where they are today and, and where they ended up finishing in comparison to where they'd finished in four or five seasons prior, you can see that Arsenal are on an upward trajectory and it feels like a really exciting place to be and an exciting project to be a part of. And make no mistake, like I was talking to um, to Ben Jacobs of CBS Sports earlier today and um, he, he was at the venue to interview Emma Hayes as well. And we were both sort of standing around waiting for Emma to arrive and we were talking about sort of the culture that has been built at Arsenal and and he said that, you know, yeah, from speaking to a lot of players and, and he speaks to far more than I do, you know, there is a lot of value in wanting to be a part of a really positive culture. And Arsenal have certainly built that, you know, and if you're Yuri and Timber, you look at it and you think that's a really exciting project. That's the kind of thing I want to be a part of. Add into that the London factor, the fact that Arsenal are financially competitive with regards to what they'll pay in salaries are expected to be competitive on the pitch as well next season in a similar fashion to the way they were last season. I think you can understand why players are, are, are wanting to come to Arsenal. And, and Arsenal's approach seems to be, this summer anyway, to go out there, convince the player of what his role would be, why this is the place for him, why this is the project for him, get his buy-in, knowing that that carries weight, and knowing that that strengthens your negotiation position when you do sit down at the table with their current club and try to discuss terms. So I think, is that Arsenal learning? Is that Arsenal um, moving forward? Is that Edu getting better? Is it the, the rest of the recruitment team getting better? You know, it, it's difficult to put your finger on exactly what that is, but it does feel like as a collective, we're so much more effective and efficient when it comes to these types of things. And this is primary target number three in through the door and it's July 5th. You know, by the end of the week, you expect he'd have had his medical, probably the same with Declan Rice. Next week at the latest, we're going to have announcements you feel on both of these players. And that's three primary targets, as I say, in through the door ahead of Arsenal heading out to preseason in America, uh, which is obviously really, really key. Um, yeah, amazing stuff. It really, really is. Let me know you guys' thoughts on uh, the Urian Timber stuff. Uh, how pleased on a scale of one to 10? And uh, put the number in the chat. Are you that we've managed to get him uh, in the door? And, and also, you know, let me know what you think about the fee, because I think this is a really, really reasonable price. It's not cheap, obviously, but I think given how good he is, given how well thought of he is, not just in the Netherlands, but around Europe as well, I think that we've uh, we've done a really, really smart deal here. And I'm hoping that it's a deal that proves to be as successful as that of uh, Ben White and, and all the rest of uh, the defenders that Mikel Arteta has brought in that have performed admirably for a number of years now. Uh, let's see what you guys are saying in the chat. Um, the Italian Stallion says, it's such a steal. Um, Henke Ho says, uh, we are massive. Michael says, nine out of 10. That's how happy he is. 
uh, with this acquisition. Um, BC Biker Bros has gone uh, with uh, 100%. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Opio Godfrey has gone with 9 out of 10. And Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Snyders has gone with 10 out of 10 on the window so far, which is pretty positive, isn't it? Uh, we've got lots of 10s coming through, lots of 9s as well. Uh, so people really, really pleased then, generally speaking, by the signing of... Um, of uh of yuri and timber tom is quite honest and says good fee um and hearing a lot of good about him can't say i knew him a month ago though i can tell you that he was somebody that a lot of clubs were interested in a lot of clubs were looking at and as i keep saying someone that in particular manchester united would have had their eyes on um what else have we got nine from matt we've got nine here uh we've got eight out of ten from amos and from a skywalker uh, we've got, as a Dutch fan, I'm very, very excited. Let's um, take a very, very short pause. And when we come back, we will discuss uh, Yuri and Timber's season last season. We'll have a little look at that. Uh, I'll point you in the direction of some members-only content that we put out uh, last week, looking specifically at Yuri and Timber and the impact his arrival has on our defensive unit as a whole. And uh, we'll also take some of your questions and thoughts, of course, from the live chat. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 19-min football family. Urian Timber is almost, not quite, almost a Guna. But what position has he been brought in to play? Now, initially, when I heard of the links to Urian Timber, my mind went to centre-back because Urian Timber, throughout his career so far, has played predominantly as a centre-back. Now, has he played at right-back from time to time? Yes, he has. But as I say, predominantly, he's been deployed as a, uh, a centre-back. And that was where my mind went first and foremost. I think a part of me maybe thinking that way was because of how our season ended up sort of falling apart uh, at the back end of the last campaign, mainly or, or maybe not mainly, well, certainly largely uh, due to the um, issue um, to the issue that we had with William Saliba. You know, him being out of the side really, really badly impacted us, um, like really, really badly. And um, and that was a major problem. You know, it, it was something that derailed us. It was something that we just couldn't cope with. It was um, clear how much of a downgrade Rob Holding was, with all due respect to Rob Holding, who's a great professional, seems like a wonderful character and all the rest of it, blah, 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 blah. You lose a player like William Saliba, who gives you so much, the ability to play with a high line the ability to progress the ball through the lines, the ability to turn and run back towards his own goal or be confident in his own pace to do that. Um, and the fact that he could play on the front foot at times when needed, the fact that he brought a calming presence alongside a Gabriel who was maybe just a little bit more, I don't want to use the term rash because that will come across as negative, but certainly more, more willing to engage and all the rest of it. So, yeah, I think we had that really nice balance. And then we lost Saliba and we had a big problem, a big, big problem. So when we were linked with Yuri and Timber, my first thought was he comes in, he takes over the position of Rob Holding um, as that backup right centre-back. But then I started thinking about it and I thought, yeah, but Tomiyasu will be back at some point, meaning Ben White could be the backup right centre-back or Tomiyasu could be the backup right centre-back, having played there for a long time in his career as well. And then I started to think, do we really need Urian Timber? And then people would say to me, well, he's coming in 
to play as a fullback and because he's so comfortable on the ball, he can play that inverted role and almost mirror what Zinchenko does on the other side. Now, the truth is about Urien Timber is that he could do all of those things. I've even heard suggestions that Urien Timber could be considered as a, a makeshift number six in the instance that we need him to play there. And it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this pans out. But from what I understand, from what we're hearing, from what's been reported by the likes of Charles Watts, whom I respect very, very much today, it looks like Urien Timber is coming in to play predominantly as a right back. Now, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about that because, you know, as I say, if you look at his statistics from last season, for example, he played 47 times for Ajax in all competitions. Um, that includes games in the Eredivisie, the Dutch Cup, the Europa League, the Champions League, all the rest of it. 47 games. And he played centre-back in all 47 of those games. So it's not as though there's recent evidence of his ability to play at fullback, but then there wasn't any evidence really of Ben White having played there. And I think he did excellently when Mikel Arteta tasked him with that job. I think when we went into the season, that wasn't the plan for Ben White. I think Tommy Asu's injury and the fact that Saliba had done so, so well and, and really sort of stamped his mark from pre-season and did it so well that he almost had to be in the team when we started the campaign even if it meant breaking up a partnership of White and Gabriel that had been really good this season before. You know, I think circumstance put Ben White in at right back is what I'm saying. And I think when we got to the real latter uh, stages of the season, you know, you saw Mikel Arteta just maybe, I don't want to use the term backtracking, but maybe just recognising that actually perhaps he doesn't want Ben White to, to continue at right back all the time. Maybe he sees Ben White as somebody that could fill in in the sixth role. I don't know. Uh, it, it's difficult to read exactly what Mikel Arteta uh, is seeing here and, and how he would assess this situation. But as I say, although I know a lot of people report that he's coming into play predominantly as a right back, I can't say I'm 100% comfortable with that because there is no previous really, apart from him playing on the odd occasion at right centre back in a three for the Netherlands there isn't all that much uh, evidence to go by that suggests that he can, you know, do a, a wonderful job there. Not saying he can't, not saying he won't. Mikel Arteta's proven us wrong with this kind of thing uh, in the past. But I think the overriding feeling here is that he's versatile and it gives us options. And he gives Mikel Arteta options. It gives him opportunities to shuffle the pack when he needs to do it. It gives us alternative ways of covering for injuries, injuries that have been a big bloody problem for us over the last couple of seasons. So, yeah, um, it's interesting. But according to the reports, he's been brought in to play as a right-back. We'll have to see, of course, how that develops. In terms of um, sort of the baseline statistics from last season, a um, couple of assists in the league, a couple of goals uh, in the league as well. Um, not that you're looking for that predominantly when it comes to uh, a central defender slash right-back, but... Interesting to know that he can get in on the act. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see where he's allowed to to sort of roam into. Um, you know, will he be playing as a right back that drifted in field? And does that give him the opportunity to get on the ball more and dictate play more than maybe he did at Ajax? Possibly. Um, does he, you know, does he go on the outside of the winger? Um, I don't think Ben White did that all the time. You know, he did it from time to time to good effect. 
But it's going to be really interesting to see how he fits in and all the different parts. You know, is playing with two inverted fullbacks going to weaken us a little bit, for example, at the same time? Does it mean that we're a little bit more fragile um, and susceptible to people hurting us via the wide areas? Does the fact that we play with one at the moment, but that our right back is a centre-back by trade and can tuck in, give us that little bit of extra stability with the back three that allows us then to push those guys uh, further up the pitch. We're going to have to, um, we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, Truth be told says, what are you chatting about? He played fullback at Leeds, but Ben White, how often did Ben White play fullback at Leeds? Not very often, not very often, I can tell you. And I know because I was covering Leeds at the time. Um, So yeah, not, not that often. In fact, I feel like I need to, I don't need to because I, I know I'm not wrong, but do you want me to prove it to you? Because I can uh, with the stats, uh, with the stats. If we go back uh, to Ben White's time at Leeds United, um, he didn't play as a traditional fullback, um, not a chance, um, not regularly anyway. Might have done it from time to time. Um, where is it? Hold on, let's find his Leeds United. There we go. Do, do, do. Don't forget to get your questions in, by the way, guys. We'll pick up as many of them as we possibly can. Um, where are we? Where are we? Let's take as many of them as we can. In fact, let's do it like this. Let's do uh, stats by competition. This is an easier way of finding it. And if you look in the, the Premier League, where is it? Hold on, Premier League. It would have been... We only played in the championship with Leeds, so we'll have to go back to the championship and check. Um, he played a bit of defensive midfield, as Sam says, correct. Um, and he played as part of a back three and part of a back four, but didn't play regularly as a fullback by any stretch of the imagination. So I don't know where you, where you got that from. Uh, but anyway, um, let's see what you guys uh, are saying in the live chat. Uh uh, Tony Fulbrook says, if we had had these players in our last 10 games, we would have won the league. I, I think if we had just had William Saliba in our last few games, we'd have won the league as well. I think the, the margins were that bloody small. And that's what made it so, so frustrating. Um, you know, that's what made it so, so frustrating. Um, Alejandro, in response to me saying about playing with the maybe two inverted fullbacks in the same team, you're not going to do it at the same time, he says, when Zinchenko is injured, which happens a lot. You'll do it from the right side only at the expense of Ben White maybe not playing. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how the team looks because particularly defensively, I think we're going to have a really, really good unit, um, especially once you get Tomiyasu and, um, and of course, uh, Saliba back to fitness as well. And, you know, you got the likes of, uh, Jakub Kivior, who came in and I thought did a really, really good job, um, you know, towards the back end of the season. And then you think about people like Kieran Tierney, who just aren't even really playing at the moment um, and who have struggled for game time. Lots of speculation that he might leave, but at this moment in time, he's not going anywhere uh, as far as we know, because there's nothing to um, to report on. But yeah, perhaps it's not something that you're going to see on both sides in the same game. But having the option to do it on either side, I think is interesting. And, you know, the question then would be if you, if it's something that you can't do on both sides at the same time, can Zinchenko and Timber play in the same team? Or does that mean they can't? That's another thing that Mikel Arteta 
has to think about. Um, just a quick one uh, before I take a few more of your questions and then sign off for the evening. Uh, remember, we recorded an episode earlier on in the day where we spoke about the Declan Rice news, which is why we're not talking about it now. Uh, you can catch that. It's the last episode on the feed. If you're watching on YouTube, it'll be the last video on the channel. But before we move on, just wanted to quickly point you in the direction of our members content over on the Another Slice platform, www.anotherslice.com forward slash Chronicles of Aguna. The link is in the description below. Uh, check it out. You can subscribe, support the podcast uh, and allow us uh, to, uh, I don't know, what's the word? Uh, fill your podcast app with an additional two pieces of content uh, per week. Uh, the second of our members' content is going to drop on Friday uh, this week, and we'll uh, keep you posted with regards to what that's all about. Uh, but one of the episodes from last week was about Yuri and Timber, and uh, we discussed why Yuri and Timber would complete Arteta's defensive uh, unit. Do check it out. I go into a lot more detail with regards to his positioning, how I think he fits, all of the rest of it. And, um, and I'm interested to know what you guys think as well. And a big thanks to our members uh, for supporting the podcast, uh, of course. Um, Evan Hood says, are you paying attention to the England under 21 smashing? I didn't see the game because I was traveling back home. Uh, I was keeping across it via the updates. Um, Emil Smith-Rowe uh, looking good in flashes is how I would put it, because I have um, spoken to a mate of mine that watched the game in full and, and felt that Emil Smith-Rowe was not quite as good as maybe Twitter would suggest, but because he produced a really nice assist, um, all of a sudden kind of the narrative around him was a super positive one. Look, you can go on Twitter, you can see the clip of him setting up that goal and his role in the build-up to that and, and think, wow, he's, he's back to his best. But I understand that his performance wasn't the complete performance by any stretch of the imagination. But England are doing brilliantly. They'll be in the final and um, it's either Spain or Ukraine who they'll face. Those two kick off, I think, at 8pm uh, tonight. Spain, you'd imagine, would be the favourites, but Ukraine did stun the French, so I wouldn't be surprised if they managed to get through as well. Interesting stuff. OK, let's take some of your questions. Uh, Ogachukwu says, if we're getting timber, why are we still looking or linked with other right-backs? It's a really good point. Um, and, you know, that's another reason as to why I'm not totally convinced that timber is going to come in as a right-back. That's what people are telling us. That's what people are reporting. And I'm not saying that their information is wrong. Just my gut feel tells me that he's the Rob Holding and that alternative option at right centre-back and that extra bit of depth. Maybe somebody who can, from time to time, hop into the midfield as well. Um, but we've heard the links with Frimpong, haven't we, uh, of uh, Bayer Leverkusen. Um, we'll just have a quick look at his profile as well. Uh, for a second, Jeremy Frimpong, 22 years old, uh, Dutch Ghanaian, uh, also uh, from the Amsterdam area. Um, spent some time with Manchester City's youth side uh, before going off to Celtic and then left from Celtic to join Bayer Leverkusen for 11 million in January 2021. Just looking at Frimpong's position, uh, he is a right back. So that's that's spot on. You know, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense that if you're signing Yuri and Timber to come in as a right back, that you'd go out and bring in another right back when you already have Takahiro Tomiyasu, who you played for the majority of his Arsenal career as a right back and Ben White, who played the entire 2022-23 uh, season at right back. So I get what you're saying there. I really do. 
Um, Salahuddin says, any thoughts on further big transfers if an opportunity comes up? Examples like Caicedo. So from what I've heard, Arsenal believe that Caicedo is Chelsea bound and therefore aren't going to follow up on their interest at this moment in time. But things can change. And I talk about uh, the phases of this transfer window, which we explained on another one of our members podcasts. Again, you can check it out on another slice.com. And like I talked about a phase in which we would be looking at opportunities. And rather than being proactive, you might find Arsenal being that little bit more reactive, i.e. is this an opportunity that we feel that we need to take advantage of, that we should take advantage of? And maybe we get someone through the door for that. But I mean, by all accounts, it doesn't look like Arsenal are going to massively slow down on their incoming business. I thought they would after these three. So I'm intrigued to see how things are going to develop and, and where we're going to end up. But yeah, for the time being, I think a deal like Caicedo, which is going to cost in excess of 80 odd million pounds, is probably beyond our reach at this moment. But we'll see. We'll see. Right. Um, I'm going to take one more and then I am going to uh, leave it there. I'm going to go put my feet up, chill out. Um, Nikhil says Timber and Havertz, uh, those signings, are they telling us that Arteta is going to try three at the back? Not necessarily. Um, I could see why people would think that. Maybe it tells us that we're going to want to shift to that shape at points in matches and that we want to have that option at our disposal. But I don't know that it tells us categorically that Arteta is going to switch to three at the back. We're going to have to wait and see on that. I think we do play with three at the back a lot of the time anyway. With Zinchenko in midfield and then White, Saliba and Gabriel across the back line. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility, but I guess what you're asking me is, do I do I think there'll be a permanent switch from a back four to a back three? And the answer for me is no, not at this stage. I haven't seen enough to tell me that that is, um, that is on the cards at this moment in time. I could be wrong, but that's just my view on it. Right, I am going to leave it there. Don't forget to leave a like on the video if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to the channel if you're brand spanking new as well. It really does help and we'll be back tomorrow with some more Arsenal related content. Until then, take care of yourselves. Also, the 90 Min football show is back tomorrow as well. Uh, so come over and join us on the 90 Min channel live at 11am. Myself, Scott Saunders and Gris Khan, uh, we're going to be looking at the transfer window so far. Do check it out. Uh, I'll see some of you over there. I'll see some of you tomorrow. Until then, take care. Have a great evening. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon.